Hello and welcome to I Heard It on a Podcast, our little corner of the Wild West, a podcast of the first water. My name is Riley. And my name is Isaiah. That was intense. I'm kind of inspired by it, even though I don't know what it means. <laughs> it means something that is of the first water is it is first class. It's nice. prime. It's ideal. It's it's good. Like you got the water first before like your horses and the cows and all of the other things that drink yeah, water. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I guess if you get the first water, you are special. You're yes. the first. You're prime. Okay. Yeah. So well, to be a something of the first yeah. class or of the first okay. water is to be first class. Yeah. yeah. That is what the podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a first class podcast. It's great. You know it. I know it. Yep. We all know it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have a story for great. everybody. Hey. Um, my story is that I'm a responsible adult. This is a story? Okay, let's move on. No. Um, so, yeah, so I'm a responsible adult because I was looking at my health savings account, which already is, you know, <laughs> number one. I'm a responsible adult there. Um, and I was noticing that, like, I had enough money to meet my deductible in a year. So I was like, cool, that's, I feel like that's life security right there. Okay. Like, I feel like I just made it at that point that I could Mazel. go to the hospital and not have to worry about it. But anyway, so I, I was looking at that and, you know, I have some invested or whatever, but then I was like, I have my deductible. I can spend some of this on other things. And I've been wanting for a while to buy like a first aid kit, but not just like, you know, like you go to Walmart and buy like a $15 first aid kit, but I wanted like a hardcore first aid kit. So I went on Amazon and probably spent like four hours researching like of first course. aid stuff, you know, because that's, that's, that's what I do. That's what you like to um, do. Yeah, it is. So I went on Amazon And I was looking for things that were like specifically like eligible to just buy with my HSA because it doesn't feel like real money to me (laughs) because it's locked in the HSA. So I was like, huh, I don't really care how much money I spend. And so I went on Amazon for a while and like did all my research and like learned all of the things that I should have in a first aid kit and like priced everything out and got everything added to my cart or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up buying a bunch of stuff and now I have a super legit first aid kit that like is partially something that I bought off the shelf, but then I also, you know, I knew all of the inside stuff. And so I, you know, bought specific medicines and specific bandages and specific like tools that weren't included in it. Tools? Yeah. I packed it all together. Does it have like the jaws of life in it or? That would be awesome. (laughs) Um, It has tweezers, which is kind of the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Very small jaws. Yes. Very small jaws of life but um so now i have like a legit first aid kit and it's like crammed to the point where the zipper barely like zips up now but i feel like i could like how big is it it's like mm, like a backpack no it's like a small pouch it's probably like the size of a laptop but thick like a thick thick laptop the thickness of like you know probably like six inches thick but Hmm. then the size of a laptop so it holds a lot of stuff in it and it comes with you know lots of niche things too like it's got these things that are like called splinter probes and basically it's just like a sterile needle that you can like stick into yourself and dig splinters out with which we watched a video about how to like do it (laughs) josiah and i did and uh it was terrible because it was like extreme close-up of just like the dude like pricking his own finger (laughs) give himself a splinter first he literally just like drew a dot of like sharpie on his finger to like Emphasis, like show where the splinter would be uh-huh. and then just like dug it out with this tool but it was like the sound uh-huh. too was like every time it's like pluck at the skin i was like okay i can't do this uh-huh. but it's got those so if i get a splinter and i got like a bunch of different medicines so now i've got like the medicine for whatever you need like i got you um so i'm prepared with that and it's got like a little guide on how to use it so i can be like oh i don't know what this does i'm gonna learn how to use it or whatever but i feel like super prepared and 
this was the like next closest because I was trying to decide between like this first aid kit and buying some extras for it versus like a paramedics like trauma bag, which would mm. be like a duffel bag full of first aid stuff. Uh-huh. And that sounded really cool to me to like have more stuff like a neck brace and like bigger things that, you know, paramedics would use in the event of an emergency or whatever. That sounds like a lot. It, it cost like $900. Yeah. And so you I was like, no, it's not worth it. You know, like I'll do my minor first aid stuff and I can, you know, I've got like a splint and I've got, you know, stuff to stop someone from dying immediately. So I feel like... Are you going to Are you gonna like carry this around or like put it in your car? I'll, yeah, I'll probably put it in the Jeep. It's got like straps so you can strap it to like the roll cage or the back of a seat or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's got a little mini first aid kit inside of it that you can like take out and put in a backpack if you're going hiking or whatever. Mm. So I'll probably have my like main like base station first aid kit for when we're out in the Jeep and stuff. And then when I, you know, go off and hike or whatever, I'll just throw the mini one in my backpack. So I've got, you know, like band-aids and, you know alcohol wipes and all that kind of stuff but yeah so i just felt so responsible i was like man i'm being just a productive member of society that is a good call (laughs) it seems like one of those things that everyone or a lot of people would think about like oh i need a first aid kit but they wouldn't think about it until they've got a splinter or a cut that one single band-aid can't yeah deal with right and but they never get around to it right there was a point when we first moved into our house and we didn't have a lot of stuff yet Mm -hmm. that i cut myself and i was like oh i need to put a band-aid on and then i realized i didn't have band-aids and so I ended up like duct taping like toilet paper around yeah. my finger and it was just so ghetto. Really, so, that's the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. So sanitary. <laughs> yeah, sanitary schmanitary. <laughs> it's good for you. But anyway, now if that happened, I'd have like four different antiseptic options to clean it with and I could like liquid skin glue it and put a bandaid over the top of it and write wow. notes in a little notebook about what time I did it and it could, wow. it could be intense. <laughs> well, I should make sure to have all of my bodily injuries happen over here yeah or at least when you're near my jeep (laughs) (laughs) yeah our houses aren't that far apart i could i could make it over here yeah and if it was that bad i probably need more than your first aid kit or you could also become a responsible adult and buy your own first aid kit i guess how much was it total i think it's been about 180 dollars including the like pre-made kit and then i bought a ton of extra stuff that didn't even close to all fit so I put a little bit of like each thing that I bought in, but I've still got, you know, like a hundred extra gauze squares and like thousands of ibuprofen. <laughs> in yeah. Bulk. I mean, if you were going to be really responsible, you would replace all of your medicines because technically they become less effective after mm-hmm. a year or two. Right. So are you going to do we'll that? See. But I found out, well, I found out that Amazon has really cheap medicine, like a quarter they of have the like price. a pharmacy now yeah and it's a quarter of the price of like even buying generic stuff at walmart like i got 2000 ibuprofen for two dollars it's like insanely what? cheap and it's just like the amazon brand like basic medicine so i was like insane yeah and i got like tylenol for three dollars i got some like dramamine like generic dramamine for like four dollars so it's super cheap I've got tons of medicine now, so mm. if you ever need medicine... I don't know how I feel about your that. I'm basically a drug dealer <laughs> <laughs> of cheap drugs from Amazon. Speaking of drug dealers, yes. something happened in Florida. Ah, Florida. <laughs> Classic. You like that segue? That was great. <laughs> um, but this didn't have anything to do with drug dealers. This had to do with the U.S. Postal Service and an alligator. So kind of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, if I had told you that there was an alligator in a post office, you probably would have guessed Florida, 100%, right? 100%. Yeah. There's a picture of this thing, and it's <laughs> large. Um, it was found in Hernando County, which, again, Florida. It's apparently seven feet long. Wow. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So, apparently, at 
3.30 a.m. on Wednesday, someone was at the post office to drop off a package for some reason, and they saw a seven-foot gator roaming around in the lobby. So it's one of those post offices where the lobby's always open and right. you can like do your whatever. Do your P.O. box or whatever. Yeah. And apparently the building has automatic double doors that allow for off-hours uh, <laughs> off entry. So the alligator just goes in, goes up to the double doors. <laughs> it opens. They're like, welcome, alligator. <laughs> Come on Which in. Which P.O. box are you? Probably one of the lower ones. Right. <laughs> um, and, it's so like inclusive. <laughs> yeah. And it was just hanging out. And someone took a really good picture of it. Huh. I guess the sheriff's office did. Um, and I don't, it doesn't say anything about the person uh, who, who discovered it. Right. Like, if you walked into a post office in the middle of the night and <laughs> saw a seven foot alligator, I guess if you live in Florida and you're used you to that used kind of thing, it. yeah, you're like, Excuse me, I need to get to my right. box. It's right there. Can well, you move aside? And the type of person who goes to a post office at like two in the morning? Probably a drug dealer. sketchy. Yeah, they're <laughs> using a P.O. box for things. Yeah. <laughs> they probably didn't want to like stay there yeah. for too long. Yeah, like grab the stuff and call the police and leave. <laughs> yeah, uh, give an anonymous tip. Right. So the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission consider alligators a nuisance animal mm-hmm. if it's four feet or longer, and deem it a threat to people, <laughs> pets, and property. So I guess they deal with it differently that for that reason. It, they don't have to conserve it. Right, or they don't have to be, like, pick it up and take it back to the wild. They can just like shoot it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just like, leave a big old blood stain right in the, the post, post office. office. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we handle it in Florida. <laughs> Man, last week we alienated our... Um, Australian listeners. Yep. There goes our Florida, Florida listeners. Sorry, By the Floridians. end, the only people who are going to listen are people from Colorado. As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one other thing that I thought was really interesting was that Florida has an exclusive hotline just for alligators. Really? Yeah, wow. so this is a problem that's common enough that they have an, an entire 24-7 hotline that's just for people to help get help dealing with alligators. Dang. And um, I, w- I was wondering if you would call it right now <laughs> on the podcast. You're like, uh, I'm in Colorado, but I heard you've got alligators on there. <laughs> <laughs> so is that a no? We probably shouldn't like a bother fine? their hotline. Yeah, because I know like if you call 911, they can you know, put you I, in I don't jail. know. It's an 800 number. Yeah. So can you get a fine for calling an 800 number? I don't know. Not sure how that works. Maybe we'll look into the legality and call it a different time. <laughs> That's the kind of crank calling that we do here, is we look into the Very legality first. <laughs> yeah. Good times. We're risk averse people. <laughs> yeah, we generally are. If you want like a crazy podcast that does mind boggling stuff, I'm sure there's one out there. We're the type of people who buy $200 first aid kits. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh, that, that first aid kit might come in common. When the zombie apocalypse happens. Your transitions are just on point today. <laughs> I love this. Well, as you might have guessed, we're talking about the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. In all of our apocalypsing, we've never done zombies. So we were saving the best. Which is the for, best one. Yeah, saving the best for the middle. Yeah, because there's other yeah. apocalypses yeah. that we'll probably talk about yeah. at some point. But this is like uh, apocalypse four or five. Yeah. Electric boogaloo. Zombie version. <laughs> zombie boogaloo. Zombie boogaloo. And so we've got 
several different zombie scenarios because it's not a one-size-fits-all solution to no. the zombie apocalypse. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how the zombies are, will be formed. Yep. And so we need to be prepared for all of these possible scenarios. So sure. let's start at the beginning. Yep. Likely, zombies will be created either from one of two scenarios. One, actual people who have already died are reanimated and brought back to life somehow. Probably by magic. Yep. Because we don't have any construct <laughs> for how that would happen in the world. Or like lightning hits everybody's dead body. and Yeah, light, a really powerful <laughs> lightning strike or like a weird magic meteor passes yes. the earth yes. and changes like the soil structure yep. of... I, I don't know how it would happen. It would be weird. Something that we don't understand. Yes. So that one is weird we don't is uh, doesn't understand yes the other that is one that is like not more likely because none of these are really likely <laughs> but the other one that i guess makes more sense in our current understanding of biology is living people decomposing to such an extreme that they are zombie like right and maybe like having some sort of brain control or brain alteration or brain failure yeah that causes lack of like human like brain activity <laughs> right of, yeah yeah whether that's through a parasite or right. a virus or a bacteria or i've seen a, a version of this happening through uh like mushroom spores yeah like isn't there some mushroom spore that latches onto ants and kind of takes over their brain it's and either, their activity yeah, it's either a mushroom or like a little tiny bug type thing yeah bug or like virus in, or something i think it might be it's like a fungus actually yeah where it like grows on its brain and causes it to like climb up a grass and like spread spores and then it just kills the ant or whatever yeah, yeah. so i mean technically zombies already exist yeah technically <laughs> this function exists in our world yes not with humans yet that we know of but as we have all experienced in the last couple of years yes. There are constantly new things evolving, new yes. viruses, new bacteria, new plant and wildlife evolving yes. and changing how they interact with our world. All that to say, it's not impossible that we might get to a point where something interacts with the human genome in such a way that right. human behavior gets to a point where we would act zombie-like. So, accept that truth, <laughs> because it will happen. You will become a zombie someday. <laughs> Maybe not in your lifetime, but in the lifetime of someone else that you or your grandchildren will know. So, I'll let you, I'll, I'll just, we'll be silent for a moment or two, and you can process that before we move on. Okay, so <laughs> now that you've accepted that, um, let's talk about what the zombies will look like. Yes. Because obviously <laughs> there's a lot of media about this. And um, to be frank, we are going to be basing this podcast entirely off of that media because yeah. there's not like science about the this. The science has ended with the zombie ants the, the, <laughs> as far as it yeah. went. <laughs> yeah. We thought of that off the top of our head. And that was good that we had some science <laughs> because now it's going to be all about 
pure fiction. Yes, Hollywood zombies. Here we Hollywood go. zombies, here we go. Let's talk about some of the zombies in Hollywood. Some of my favorites are uh, the zombies in World War Z, which uh-huh. if you don't know is a movie with Brad Pitt that's actually really good. You yeah, should watch it. Based on a book, which I think is better. Yes, that's what I've heard. But I don't read books Same. after I've seen the movie. Same. Because <laughs> I just assume that the book is better and that I'll, it'll, the movie will be ruined. Right. That's okay. The only exception, though, is Harry Potter. <laughs> Did you read the book after you watched the movie? Yes. Okay. And the books are better. Okay. But I still enjoy the movies. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, the zombies in World War Z are fast and terrifying, and they kind of act as one collective seeking to infect any human in any radius. They almost have a sixth sense yep. to find uninfected people. Yeah. Kind of like a virus. Yep. And they're terrifying because they put nothing before infecting yeah. others. They will there's this scene, spoilers for World War Z if you haven't seen it. It's like eight years old. Yeah. Um they're climbing the wall of Jerusalem Uh and they pile on top of each other, like thousands of thousands of zombies on top of each other, probably killing each other in the process, but they will do anything to get over the wall because there are uninfected people inside the wall. Obviously no rational people would do that. Just pile on top of each other and and I'm sure elbow and break each other's backs and just destroy each other to get inside. But just the ferocity and just pure driven nature of the zombies in in World War Z is what makes them scary. It's interesting too because it's not like a rational like evolutionary behavior in nature anyway. Like even for viruses actual viruses in real life will like evolve to become less lethal and less like noticeable to their host because it's better for their survival. And so it's an interesting concept of like, not only are they like insane and ferocious, but they'll do it at their own detriment to Mm -hmm. the point where like maybe, you know, a thousand of them will die to infect one person. And so it's, it's definitely more of like a plot device, I think, than a real, you know, natural thing. Cause that would make sense for any organism to try to react that way but it is terrifying and this is out of the whole list of zombies that we've got here the one that i think i'd be like most ill prepared for and like least likely to survive right i mean the first more spoilers the first what 10 minutes of the infection when he's in the city yeah and i forget exactly how it happens but the point at which no- life is normal to life is complete chaos yeah and entire systems of society have broken down is 10, 15 minutes. Right. Like people start hungering down in their homes and raiding stores and government is completely ill-equipped to help anyone. That happens in a matter of minutes because of how fast the virus spreads. Right. So you're right. If that happened right now, we wouldn't have time to prepare in any sort of way. I mean, that amount of time was be from when we were talking about first aid kits to now. Yeah. So imagine if the whole world, like, is different in that amount of time. We wouldn't even know. Yeah. We would We'd look just outside. be sitting here and there's zombies coming through the yeah. window. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is one that's, like, if you're not a, you know, world leader or, like, someone who's well prepared for this, if you don't have, like, a bunker on standby or, like, a helicopter That you or can get to in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. You might be kind of doomed here. There was another movie that was kind of like this. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was... 
it was one of those movies where like if you look at them then you're infected it wasn't like necessarily like the bites or whatever bird box it might have been bird box but like it starts off and the main character's in like this like glass walkway and she walks by this lady and then the lady like two seconds later starts like smashing her head against the glass i think it might have been bird box sounds but the goal is like once you're infected you just try to kill yourself as fast as possible yeah and so that's it was the same kind of deal like that just spread so fast and instantly like as soon as it happened like the whole world had changed by the time the main character got home or wherever they were going, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a good way for us to survive this. Do you have any thoughts on how we would survive this type of apocalypse? Well, I'm glad you brought up bird box because that is slightly different. Right. Because we kind of under have an understanding of what zombies do. Right. They, they seek you out and try to destroy you. So you get away from them. But with the, whatever they were in bird box, like, who doesn't make eye contact with someone yeah. in their day? So you wouldn't even think to try to avoid that. And right. maybe in some other iteration that hasn't been made into a movie that would happen or could could happen in real right. life, it's, uh, you know, smelling something that the zombies could create. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's it, really... You don't even know what you would need to avoid. Right, and by the time you do know what you need to avoid, you know most of the world's probably infected and you're one of the like few survivors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that one's kind of terrifying, you know, and there's been a lot of movies like that recently. And I think it's cause it's like just inherently terrifying. Like the idea that you have to lose one of your senses to keep yourself safe. Yeah. And it's not so much just like a hunker down and like barricade yourself, but you have to like, cause I mean with bird box, if you looked through a window, you could still get like infected or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's inside the area you're in and no one you're with is safe. Yeah. So like, it's just so much more difficult to, you know, control and to keep yourself protected from or whatever. Yeah. So in all of these scenarios, we don't have much of a chance unless we can like somehow make it, you know, 45 minutes to the bunker in in Denver or whatever, you know, like. And they're just letting people in, which right. is also right. questionable. Likely, yeah. yeah. We'd have to storm the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like our chances with that either. No. You and me against the military. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that if something like this happens, governments would not be acting as you would expect governments right. to. They would, yeah. Jay would just be shooting strangers and I, I guess I should say civilians in the street. Yeah. Just because self-preservation. they... Self-preservation. Yeah. Self-preservation. Whatever you can do to keep the people you know are not infected from being infected. Right. So if that means shooting thousands of civilians who may or may not right. be infected in the street do it you know so you got to keep some humans alive i mean at this point kind of like if it is spreading as fast as these would be it could be feasible that like if the government gets a handle on things quick enough they just like nuke the city that it starts in or whatever they're just (laughs) like well we're just gonna like take one for the team and (laughs) but there's no like if you think about how much transportation there is between cities there's no way that would even be effective yeah i guess it it would be bad but it wouldn't be effective i guess it depends on like how quickly they catch it you know because if somehow they manage to figure out what's going on in the 10 minutes then they could you know barricade off the city and kind of get a handle on things or whatever but the likelihood of that is you know low that's such a small Seems amount of very time low. yeah so basically in this scenario we're screwed yeah okay um what's the one with um w- will smith uh i am legend yes i am legend it's been a while since i've seen this one so spoilers for i am legend um remind me how it gets started 
I don't even remember, do to you be remember? honest. No, okay. they're, they're much more like vampiric zombies, though. Oh, I, I do remember kind of. it. We don't know how it gets started. He just right. is he like just in this world. It. Yeah, because they're like, uh, they're like phobic of light. Mm-hmm. Like they can't be in li- yeah, sunlight. Yeah, he can like kind of live his life. Yeah. And he's really alone. He is, This is yeah. like later in, mm-hmm. this is down the line. Yeah. He's somehow figured out a way to kind of survive and he's like really on his own. Mm-hmm. Which seems also really unlikely that a a single person would figure it out, right. figure out how to survive, and b there would be like one person that could s- f- like figure it out and not tell others right. and make could it survive. by themselves. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like barring people doing stupid stuff, which is just kind of like a trope, I think. Like we'll talk about The Walking Dead in, in a little bit, but just the idea of there was that one part of one season where they like found the abandoned prison or whatever and like had cleared the prison out and like secured the borders or whatever. And then at that point, like theoretically they should have been good forever, you know, and they had the system down, but someone did something stupid at night and like got bit and then came back in and didn't tell anyone and then got infected at night and started infecting other people. So like barring stupid stuff like that, like you should be, you know, okay if you're with a large group of people and you can kind of get an area locked yeah. down, right? I feel like that's a really classic trope mm-hmm. is someone getting bit and not telling right. someone else. I mean, Which that even dumb. happens in the vamp, uh, the zombie episode of Community. Right, <laughs> yeah. Mean, it's so such a classic thing. Yeah, it, it is. And it's like, I feel like that could happen maybe in real life. I mean, I'd like to think that like most people, if they were, you know, if they knew they were going to die, they wouldn't risk the lives of like, tens or hundreds of other people especially if they care about the people that they're with and at that point it's just out of denial that they would be doing it you know like like i'm the special one who won't get infected or won't contract so like or whatever if i got bit by a zombie it'd be like well it's been real like i'm gonna go wander off into the wilderness and keep you all safe you know yeah so i feel like your strength for most of these is definitely in numbers like you need to gather together and you need to find a spot that you can like hunker down in um so i don't know it's not super believable to me especially because he's just like wandering around like what yeah. if you accidentally like started walking through like a shady alley and <laughs> the zombies are in the alley you're like what if you go into a grocery store you know and it's there are dark. a lot of yeah. parts that it's like what are the rules of right. these zombies are they really like once they touch sunlight they're dead right. or does it kind of hurt them and they can do it if they want to right. and and also it's like what it, that's a bad zombie movie in my yeah. opinion because it's like poorly defined rules it doesn't make sense why it's just him and it's scary because of the emotional ties not because of the like actual world that they're living totally, in totally totally like it's mainly sad and scary because of his relationship with his dog right and because that he's like alone right yeah which like those are real those are real things that right. would be sad in a zombie apocalypse right but to, to me, not the scariest or saddest parts of an apocalypse right. are, like, losing your dog. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, what a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, the endings to the movie, too. There's multiple endings. And uh-huh. I had seen the alternate ending before I saw the <laughs> yeah. normal ending where, like, we find out that the zombies are actually, like, still human and they just want, like, peace, but they need their, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, kidnapped that's zombie dumb. back. So then the zombies let them, like, go and they leave the city. So, I don't know. I think... I don't know if we need to focus too much on the I Am Legend zombies. Yeah, but another movie that has somewhat human-like zombies is Warm Bodies, which I know you haven't seen, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like a romance-ish movie. 
um, came out in 2013. I feel like less people have seen this movie. So just a, a recap is um, it starts in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. I don't remember if it explains how it happens, but basically these zombies are very slow, very lethargic, mm-hmm. not really interested in like doing anything. Right. I think I think if I remember correctly, they are mainly stuck doing the thing that they were doing when they got infected. Hmm. So like janitor zombies are always mopping the floor. <laughs> Businessman zombies are like always on their Blackberry, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Huh. Um, and this teenager zombie sees a human, like a still non-zombified person and kind of falls in love with her. And so it's like a romance story and he, through the power of love, is able to become human again. Wow. Which is a like weird... Disney. Yeah. It is, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a weird concept, but I, I like some of the ideas in it. The, yeah. fa- the fact that you're, you're not t- so far gone that you couldn't be revived, not necessarily through the power of love, because, like, what is that? Right. But, like you should be able to find a cure to whatever happens. Right. Right. Whether yeah. it's some sort of vaccine or one of those movies, they had to like freeze out the, they'd like freeze the zombies uh-huh. and lower their core temperature to right. kill the virus. Right. Uh, so there should be some sort of hope right. at the end. And it's yeah. not just, waiting until all the humans either become zombies or die of old age. Right. Because that's kind of hopeless. Yeah. Although I need to remind myself now that this is not a review of zombie movies. This is a review of the actual zombie apocalypse. Right. Because in the end, in my opinion, it is hopeless. Right. Yeah. The (laughs) actual zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Unless like there's a tipping point, I feel like, where if the majority of people are still unzombified, then there is still a chance to return to like normalcy where you either... If you can keep systems like yeah. scientific research and some form of government right. and like human decency right. afloat, yeah. then yeah, there's yeah. still a hope. Because then you can either, you know, find a cure or just, you know, eradicate all the zombies and then you're, you know, you're solved. But if I think there's the tipping point where there could become more zombies than humans... And stuff starts to break down and then you, you know, don't have those modern, you know, lifestyle things like science and medicine. (laughs) The only one of these movies in which that is the case is World War Z. Right. That's the only one where there is still like news being transmitted and there's still like science research Mm -hmm. being done and they eventually start to make progress. Right. But in everything else, like Warm Bodies and World War Z and I Am Legend and The Walking Dead, and we'll talk about Zombieland. Yeah. All of those is like, maybe there's, we assume that there's like 10 humans left on Earth. Right. There's barely anyone. And so they're just screwed. Mm -hmm. We're watching it just for fun. And to be honest, like, so let's, let's go to The Walking Dead because that scenario is, I feel like these might be the most realistic zombies Theoretically, or at least kind of the most realistic. I think that's kind of what they were after with The Walking Dead. But the scenario, like, is totally unrealistic. You know, like, at some point, like, they've gotten to the tipping point where it's mostly zombies now and very few humans. But they're such, like, slow zombies, and it's shown in the show that their power is definitely in numbers. Uh And so at what point 
were people just so stupid to like let this grow to the point where it was like a tipping point, you know? And the fact that he survives in a hospital bed, you know, in a coma while everyone else in the hospital turns into a zombie and he just like is alive in this hospital bed or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't think that's super realistic. So I don't know if we would get to the point with that type of zombie that it would be, you know, unrecoverable, you know? where there's more zombies than humans, unless I think in the show originally it starts where you only become a zombie if you get bitten. But then later in the show, the virus or whatever goes airborne and it like becomes something that everyone's infected with. And so then if you die at all, you become a zombie. Mm. Even if you don't have contact with the zombie or don't get bit by a zombie, you still become a zombie when you die. And that's where it kind of gets difficult, you know, because if someone just like randomly dies, then you've got a zombie with other people. Yeah. And so then at that point, the task of humans is to destroy the brain of everyone on Earth who's not dead. If they are dying, I guess. Well, either they're already a zombie, so you have to destroy their brain, or if they're not alive, they will become a zombie eventually, so you have to destroy their brain. Right, and you see that in the later episodes, because then when people die, it becomes this like emotional ceremonial like ritual like you stab them in the eye and kill their brain you know so that could be like theoretically if it is some sort of airborne virus and it doesn't necessarily spread through biting or you know zombie contact but it's just when you die then i can see that that's being the most realistic like where it could outrun and become a real zombie apocalypse so let's talk about this is the most likely zombie apocalypse theoretically is like a virus. Yeah, I totally agree that transmission, like with probably a lot of other diseases, Mm -hmm. transmission is maybe the most influential factor in how to fight it. Totally, yeah. Um, And also just the fact that the zombies, I think like in a real zombie apocalypse would be very like slow and not a big threat unless there's like huge clusters of them like all coming at you at once. Well, yeah, if if we assume that they're still sort of human. Mm-hmm. Like they're not reanimated actual dead people right. that are using some sort of magic. Right. They're still going to need some sort of sustenance. Right. And their their body is still functioning somehow. Right. Like it's still kind of pumping blood and it's still kind of a closed system. Right. Like they, their body can't be totally destroyed. Totally. And so theoretically their threat will level will go down with time, right? As they decompose and, you know, yeah. as legs fall off then they're less of a threat and you know their arms fall off and you know whatever whatever mm-hmm. so and, and they start stop being able to be uh able to get food right yeah and to like serve their system yeah so i mean in that situation in this like most realistic biologically and scientifically accurate zombie scenario my plan would just be to like hunker down somewhere for like six months and hope that all of the zombies just you know die, die off or rot away you know because i mean if you're dead, you're not going to like not rot for that long. You know, you start decomposing pretty quick. So that would be my plan. My like most scientifically accurate plan would just be to, you know, board up my house or go live in a brick building or a bunker or something and just sit there for six months. <laughs> that would work if all the zombies happened on day one. Right. And, and decomposed at the same rate. Right. But I feel like some people are going to make it three months and then die and become a zombie. And so you'll have to deal with some three month old zombies and some five day old zombies. Mm. And so it's, it's not a, 
it's it's kind of a progressional thing, totally. you know? Yeah. And so I agree that day two is going to be a lot worse than day 500. Right. But they're not all going to be gone yeah, at the right. same rate after day one. Hmm. And there's definitely a limit to how long you can hunker down, right? Like oh, six yeah. months is still pushing it. Yeah. Even if you're fully prepared in advance, you know? Yeah. You're going to start running into like vitamin D deficiency and lots of, you know, health issues and you're going to run out of food because, mm -hmm. you know, six months worth of food and water and stuff like that is a lot of storage space. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess at that point, maybe you start clearing like areas around you and you have to, you know, be careful and do it with your group and, you know, have a game plan down. You can't just like go off by yourself and start, you know, killing zombies. But I feel like that would be the next logical step would be to like, okay, Six months have passed. We need to start like going out and securing stuff. So we're gonna go and like take all of the houses in our block or whatever, and you go and like secure them all, you know. And maybe you set up communication and you try to get radios and you try to start, you know, rebuilding society and getting people to come and stuff like that. I think that would be the logical next step. So it seems pretty unlikely, it, unless we made a conscious choice, right. to have six months of food totally. and water ourselves, yeah. right? And we are somewhat skeptical people anyway. Right. So really even what's the point of then going and scavenging all of your neighbors? They might True. have some canned food, right? but you're not going to find any water. Right, yeah. So why even bother? Well, I mean, I think it would just be you can find what little supplies you can, but you can also find stuff to build the stuff you need, right? So like if you want to set up lots of water purification, you can go and find stuff at people's houses to you know, set that stuff up or to build traps or to look for weapons or, you know, find ammo or medicine or whatever. <clears throat> and then it's also just like the idea of kind of securing more the area around your like home, you know, like if the zombies are still human and they are walking slower, if six months in, like a majority of the zombies are, you know, slowing down or like it's kind of starting to spread through or whatever if you can start to clear people out of that area, clear zombies out of that area, then you know you've like got more peace and you're farther away from that danger. You know, like if you know there's not zombies in the house right next door, then you're safe for it at night or whatever. So then you kind of just start, you know, the long process of finding the surviving humans and banding together and pushing the zombies farther out and like trying to eradicate, you know, like your city or whatever. And then you can do city by city. And I think it's just the long-term thought of, well, we got to start getting rid of these zombies, you know? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like such an uh, an enormous undertaking yeah. uh -huh. and an exhausting process to every day wake up and face around every corner something that wants to destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the time not finding anything that would be helpful. Right. Like, I'm thinking about scavenging in my own neighborhood. I don't think I would find that much ammo. Right probably not any stored water. Right. And some food. Right. But if I'm if I was with 15 other people that I had found, the amount of food that I find in my neighborhood isn't going to last that long. Totally. So you really have to start expanding your network. Right. Larger than you're expanding the people that you are with. Totally. But then you think about the number of people that you need to protect the boundaries of the network that you're expanding. Yeah. And it just becomes amazing the number of resource um, amazing to think about the number of resources right. that you would need R like not even considering the fact that you're fighting zombies right. this whole time right so as it always comes back 
comes back to in our apocalypse episode, it's about resources more than the actual apocalypse thing totally. that you're facing. Because the hardest thing to do is like survive. Like when society yeah. breaks down, the hardest thing to do is eat and drink and take uh-huh. care of yourself. Yeah, and not, not die of exposure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so in your example, like we've talked about this a lot and like maybe we, you know, go to the mountains and find a cabin or whatever. But in this example, I think the best thing to be would be like, your neighborhood is cool because it's, you know, it's got a fence all the way around it. So that's a pro already. You know, you could just go chain the gate shut so that zombies can't activate the motion sensor or whatever. And then already you've got like the the general protection. And so then you can like screen everyone who's in your neighborhood. You can like figure out who's zombies, who's infected, who's fine, kind of go through that process. And then theoretically you end up with this kind of walled off, generally harder to get into with only safe people inside. And then you all can work together to kind of like pool your resources together. You can start more long-term things like, oh, we're going to plant gardens and we're going to like start breeding animals. Like maybe you've got dogs and you breed dogs for food later on. Like, you yeah. know, like it could get to you gotta that. you got to do something. But then you've got that small community and the long-term thinking of we've at least got this, you know, square mile of land that we've got protected and we can kind of work together and let's, you know, if we need to knock down houses or we need to like plant farmland or do whatever, but at least you've got, I mean, I'm assuming in your neighborhood, you've got some people who would know how to, you know, like garden and might have gardens already and seeds and stuff like that. And maybe some people who have, you know, engineering knowledge and can help build like water purifiers or something like that, you know? So I definitely think it's about like getting a community and building your resources and your knowledge and yeah. your ability to kind of... There's no way you could do it alone. Totally. Yeah. There's really not. <laughs> I mean, gardening alone, you couldn't do on your own. You can't right. produce enough food to right. keep yourself alive, let alone defend yourself. Totally. And we've, we talked about that. Like calorically, gardening is not going to support you as a self-sustainable thing. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe you make it if you full-time focus on gardening and like breeding animals and like you know, raising chickens and like doing all of this intense stuff. If you have that space and those resources to begin with. Right. That's the difficulty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So resources as always is the problem. Yeah. Outside of, you know, not dying to zombies. Because you have an immediate two week, like trying to figure out and trying to stay alive because of this circumstance. And then it's the next 60 years of (laughs) trying to survive and do society and provide yourself resources that's the real, you know, real slog. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like more than I could handle emotionally and mentally. So would you check out? I think at some point, honestly, yeah. I would. If I didn't have a really strong, supportive community that right. all kind of built each other up. But I, I didn't watch a ton of The Walking Dead, but mm-hmm. I watched enough of it to know that people do just check out. Yep. And they're just like, you know what? This sucks. <laughs> yeah. Even if I could survive the next 10 years, I know that it's not going to get better, like good enough for me right. to want to stay alive. Right. So just see ya. Yeah. But the point, the thing that I would make sure to not do, the people in The Walking Dead do, is give up at a point where it costs other people their right. lives. <laughs> like, I'm in the prison with 100 other people. I'm just going to check out right now. Yeah. And go kill everyone as a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, it just kind of depends, you know, because like with The Walking Dead, part of the reason it's so tough is because the humans are the real threat. You know, like the zombies aren't really the threat yeah. most of the time. It's that they become these roving groups that, you know, will fight each other on sight basically. And like there's no peace and, you know, there's a group of cannibals that will eat other people and it's just like the humans are the issue. And I'd like to think in real life that that's not what would happen. I'd like to think this like 
traumatic experience would bond us together as humans to like be more than our preferences and our like tribalism or whatever. Yeah, but the small version of what we experienced in the last year and a half does not help <laughs> no. make your claim. Yeah, if COVID was <laughs> zombies, we'd all be dead. <laughs> yeah, that only f- like created more tribalism. Yeah. But I, I, I also agree with you that I think if it truly were like get this thing and you're dead in two minutes. Right. It would be it would a be much different, much serious. It would be a, yeah. it would be a different kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Well, I guess as always, we decided that resources and community are the most important things in the yeah. apocalypse. <laughs> I think that's difficult to argue with. Yeah. Wow, we're just so good at preparing for the apocalypse. The nice thing is, if we prepare for one, we're prepared for all of them. At this yeah, point. you really just need a lot of water, a lot of food, maybe some like seeds and chickens yep. and stuff. Yep, and a lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. Friends that are like easy to walk. T- to yeah they have to be really close by yeah because even your friend across town that's a long way to go if there's a bunch of zombies in yep. between you well good thing we live close to each other then yeah <laughs> i think <laughs> I, I think you were probably the only person that i would like benefit from during the zombie apocalypse at this point right <laughs> <laughs> well that's so kind yeah <laughs> hopefully you all live close too we can have an i heard it on a podcast zombie house yeah that would be fun it'd be a blast you could listen to us talk all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah we would still keep the podcast going it would just be live only live and in person (laughs) podcast yeah thank you for listening to i heard on a podcast we've got new episodes every monday and wednesday that you can find wherever you get podcasts if you like hearing about zombies or other apocalypses and how they all just rely on resources you can wait what no you can't send this podcast to people like that you listen to it yourself and send it to someone else who might like it as always, you can reach us at I heard it on a podcast at gmail.com. That was a great outro. Yeah, now I'm, think, now I'm thinking about our live podcast during yes. the apocalypse uh-huh. and how it would be rated so much higher because yeah. there would be very few podcasts happening yeah. at that time. We'd have like forced audiences. <laughs> yeah. Like 100 people. And we would have, we could have a segment like, here's this week's tip on how to not die terribly. Yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Make sure to eat some fruits and vegetables. Okay. So you don't eat those.